1: Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Um, as ever, I am joined uh, by my comrade in arms, Salman Ali from North London. How are you, Sal?
0: I'm well Dan. thanks. Yeah, good to be back on. We had a bit of a sabbatical, haven't we, during the sort of yeah. period and a bit of a recharge of our batteries. Obviously, we've got a long season coming ahead, hopefully. Um, so it's good to be back on again. Um, you know, the, the, the lights are getting, the dark, sorry, the nights are getting a bit lighter now, so it's good to see that as well. And. Well, it's getting a bit more brighter, so I'm really excited about the season starting back up again in April.
1: Yeah, it always feels like that, doesn't it? You're you moving to January and then February, and slowly but surely, uh, sides are indoor netting, and and there's talk of you know promotion challenges from sides that were rubbish last year, and and then sides have gone down are all set to bounce back. It's great stuff, you know, building up to the building up to the season. Um, with us tonight, uh, a fellow Twickenham CC member, Eugene Berger. Of course, everyone is probably aware that Eugene is very much our tech man. He helps these podcasts come into existence. In fact, they wouldn't come into existence if it, if it wasn't for Eugene behind the scenes. So great to have him
2: um, with, with a microphone in front of him this time as well. Eugene, how are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks, Dan. It's it's interesting. I, um, in the winter, I get to come on the pod. In the summer... Uh, I know it's summer because I'm not on the pod ever, which is great. And we've got lots of guests coming on. So, from my perspective, I'm actually looking forward to the summer because I get to to watch you guys instead of um, come up with clever words to say on here. Oh, you usually do yourself. Dang, plenty of clever words, I mean, particularly after a few shandies,
1: you know. <laughs> completely <laughs> profound <laughs> then. Absolutely, but yeah. No, but good okay, you to see I'll have to deal with you as you are, yeah. All good. Um, right, I was going to kick off. We have um, – we've had an AGM, um, and – all sensible organisations have AGMs. Um, it's a good opportunity for people to, um, to to chew the fat a little bit. Uh, I had to talk about league business. Now, of course, I say chew the fat a little bit because normally you have AGMs in person. And uh, that didn't happen this time around for perfectly understandable reasons. Getting lots of people in in, in a room is not the easiest thing in a global pandemic. Um, so I think that I think Nick Brown wisely decided to, to, to have this AGM by, via Zoom. Um, a bit of a challenge I, must, I was expecting you know it to be a little bit more sort of a little bit more comedy in there than there was because of course you know 70 odd people on a zoom meeting it, it, you'd expect a few folks to leave microphones on and, and and to somehow cock it up but we didn't really have much of that uh, it, it certainly didn't go on for hours and hours because we were trying to get people to you know to, to mute themselves so so that was good but a few things uh, a few things were passed um, Sal you, you weren't at the AGM. I, I was on behalf of Twickenham um, were, were there any messages that came out at your end? I mean, there's a few things that I sort of uh, um, sort of witnessed because I was there, but what, what was the message for those who weren't
0: there? Has uh, is, is anything big sort of come back to you? I mean, there's something that you're going to go through so I, I can just quickly sort of mention them. There has been some slight changes over the umpiring um, point system that was started last season um, and also the, the last hour no longer, no longer being called the last hour from what I gather, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of, there's always changes at, at an AGM Um, I wouldn't say any of the changes are are deeply profound this time around. And that's good. You know, we evolve rather than than, than need any sort of revolutionary reform. But there were a few things. And my my sort of key message would be for folks to to go back and check um, on the County League website with their club reps to make sure they understand what's most pressing for them because some of these issues may not be massively pressing for an individual but others could be really quite significant so so make sure you read up on on what's changed and don't just take our word as gospel um the the, the first thing that occurred to me was um that, that the league's growing um, i think i'm right in saying although although Paul Smith will no doubt be very Quick to tell me if I've got this wrong, that the league's expanding in terms of the number of sides that are actually playing. And I'm not talking about first teams per se. I'm talking about the number of teams that are, are turned out. And I think we're going up by 14. So that there's more 3rd, elevens, 4th, elevens, 5th, elevens out there. And it's great to see that individuals are still keen on playing cricket because, I, you know, I always wonder whether we're going to see a, a downturn in that. And it doesn't look like we are. So that's good. Um, the second thing... Was to do with yeah to, to do with the um, treasurer. I think it's worth mentioning that Laurie Allen, a, a fellow Shrewsbury Town fan, I'm a good self, um, has done a sterling job in in keeping the league's finances in order. Um, but he's stepping down, he's moving aside, and, and like to say, I guess i Everybody thanks to Laurie for all his efforts, um, and he's going to be uh, replaced by uh, Fazli Wahab from Stanmore, uh, and no doubt Laurie will will, will talk him through um, all the challenges that the Inherently come along with being a treasurer. So that's one other thing to mention that Laurie stepping aside. Um, I guess one of the points of contention, if you want to call it that way, was about um, about non turf pitches Now I don't know if you've got an angle on this, but the original proposition was that non turf pitches should be allowed in um, divisions five A and B of the third tier and division six A and B of the third tier and that was amended actually to have division four as well again a and b of the third tier um and, and that was that was uh, approved 151 in favor and 40 again so it looks like um that's going to happen um the league are going to have a look to make sure that the quality of those surfaces is still okay because i guess there will be different types of non-turf pitch and to check on rules and regs about moving from a grass pitch to a non-turf pitch At relatively late notice, because an interesting point came out. What happens if we get to a ground, and a club says, "Well, sorry, but the 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 turf pitch is unplayable." Well, we can move six six um, pitches along and play on a non-turf pitch. That's okay, isn't it? And a few people thought, "Well, it might not be okay. You might not have the footwear to enable you to do it. There might be other reasons why it could be problematic." So the league are looking into. Um, process there, about when you have to tell folks that you're playing on that surface and under what uh, circumstances it can change. But I guess, broadly speaking, it's a good thing, right? Would you agree, Sal?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, just looking at the, the laws of the game regarding changing the pitch, um, the pitch can't be changed unless the umpire decide it's dangerous or unreasonable to play. And if that does happen, then it's got to be done with the consent of both umpires. So that's the sort Of um, the, the law side of it, but of course, we're
1: talking about third tier cricket, so with, yeah. yeah, it's not first and second teams, we're not on to pitches, there. If anyone, yeah. If
0: we have umpires umpire for we you, game for you, side, anyway. I suppose, I mean, look, there is a massive shortage of, of, of pitches in, in, in Middlesex, so if that's one way around it in terms of helping out, if you get to a game and um, they haven't got the, the covers that you may have at first seven grounds and second seven grounds of, of teams um, to get, negate that situation and getting a game on. If there is a, if there is an artificial pitch there on the on the ground and it can be used, then why not? You know, I mean, as I said, so many games are now played on council grounds and places that don't have covered wickets and, and, and the grounds aren't looked after as well as you know our clubs have grounds on a regular basis looking after our club or a wicket, Sorry, I think it's potentially you know the idea the whole thing we do this for is to play cricket on a Saturday. Now, uh, if your game's being called off and you've got a wicket which is on on, on your square which you could use. Um, then that's 22 guys playing a game of cricket where they'd be going home, you know, probably quite frustrated. Well, I get that though, Sal,
1: but I do worry just a little bit that you could you could find half an hour before the game starts that the home club would say, right, OK, pitch not playable, we'll move on to a non turf now. And it, what happens if I've only got cricket spikes? You know, do I, do I then have to play in my trainers or or, or or have I got the right to say no? I think that was a concern.
0: Well, I think that both captains have to agree, don't they? You can't just have one yeah, yeah. side saying we're we're going to do this, and the other side don't agree to it. Then, if that's the case, then I imagine the game will be called off if if one side were not willing to play. Um, and they'd obviously have a valid argument if they felt the pitch wasn't appropriate for play. Um, but as I said, you know, if you've got guys turning up to play cricket and you know they've got everything they need there, I suppose I can't see why they wouldn't not want to play. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a conversation captains would have to have on the day themselves, but. In terms of, you know, trying to get games played, um, it's, I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah. Hugh, any thoughts? I mean, I guess you have played an awful lot of Last Man Stand cricket, right?
2: And has there been any non-turf pitches there that you've come across? What What was the experience like? So, Last Man Stands, from from what I've played on, only play on non-turf wickets. So, you know, from my perspective, it's 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 something that just consistently happens. You know, without with, with moving back to sort of league cricket, it's interesting to say that, um, you know. The weather in England is not the kindest, and I'm surprised we don't move yeah. games. And the Pope remains Catholic, you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised we don't move to non-turf wickets before. Um, you know, coming and talking to a couple of my um, Antipodean friends that that live in Australia and New Zealand, they play the whole year on non-turf wickets. And that's just to make sure that they actually um, are able to play, you know, the full season of cricket. So it's, it's not really affected too badly or anything to that effect. So it's interesting to say, you know, maybe we should just be looking at non turf wickets because of, you know, the costs that it costs, the, um, you know, the, the, it takes some of the variables out. Look, I understand that some people will say, you know, my spinners don't come into it. You know, it, it's, I suppose it's six or one half a dozen it, the other. How different is the experience? I'll be honest. I, don't
1: think in senior cricket I've ever played a game on a non-turf pitch, so I can't really comment from experience. But the pitches are different, right? And and, and don't doesn't that make a, a difference to, to 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 the league format? Surely you'd want people to be playing on on broadly similar type surfaces all the way through, no?
2: Well, think about it this way: your wicket from Twickenham's perspective to the wicket in North London have two different variations. So if I was playing on a non-turf wicket, that's my wicket. so therefore there's some home advantage to it. So you know from my perspective, it's it's like I said it's it doesn't really make a difference um, if anything, I'd argue that the batting conditions and bowling conditions are slightly better on non-turf wickets because they are more consistent compared to. Well, if they're well maintained, of course, if they're well maintained. Uh, but then again, our grass pitch is well maintained. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm going to go to is is how often and how well maintained are council-based pitches. And look, I know that they do their best. I know that we've had problems with, with um, our turf wickets in the past. And um, given that, you know, the weather wasn't able to, we weren't able to prepare them in time. Um, for some of the fourth and fifth 11 games and you know i thought to myself then wouldn't it make more sense if we had an artificial and you know we were able to play more consistently on it so yeah i, I think i think it's a good thing for one it means you get to play cricket you know that that's it i know there'll be arguments about why there's negatives from my perspective any cricket that's more uh, inclusive is, is the best type of cricket yeah i
1: mean i think the league will come up with regulations to get around the, 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 the type of examples I gave so the, 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 and I don't think that's too hard to work through um and indeed Nick, Nick Brown said that they were going to do this over the course of the next few weeks so um be interesting to see how it goes and I think we are worth remembering we are talking about 30 cricket divisions 4a and b and below and you know I, I haven't played much cricket down there but I, I do know from from the bit that I've seen that, that let's just say squares are a variable standard so um, so if we can get games on, I'm with you, Then I, I don't see any, any any problem with it. And I don't think there's a call then to move this actually through the leagues. I, I, don't, I don't think it's one of those things that once you start, everyone's going to have a non turf pitch. I don't, I don't see that coming. Sal, would that, is that right?
0: No, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Um, also, you know, you, sometimes you have younger players playing in these games, don't you? And what you don't want is a young lad, you know, say the age between 13, 15, 13 14, 15, playing a dog of a wicket, having a really sort of bad experience with Saturday club cricket and just thinking this is not for me and buggering off and doing other stuff, you know, like his mates are doing maybe on a Saturday. These if they're playing on a non turf wicket, they're gonna maybe get some kind of situation where they can play on a decent wicket and maybe develop their game. I mean obviously you deal with them playing different kind of wickets as you're as, they progress as a progressive player, but you know, you you know, yourselves and I'm sure you can you know agree as well, some of the standard of wickets that you come across at the level we're talking about can be quite tricky. Um, and for young players trying to develop their game, you know, it's, it's not a great experience for them, really, is it? So you have to have to do that on a weekly basis, so yeah,
1: yep, fair enough. Well, we'll see how it goes
0: because we're gonna it's being brought in, so we we will be
1: able to pass judgment in, um, you know, give us nine months and we'll, we'll be able to come back on a pod and talk about it again. Um, while that's been brought in, one thing that's going, and you alluded to this, Sal, is that the last hour in timed. Cricket now some folks may maybe may you know quite understandably sad to see it go it's it's been quite a prominent part of the way at least formerly time cricket was organized in middlesex for a long for a long time um I think the reason for it going is is a very uh, obvious and, and dull one but it's a logical one and that's an awful lot of players don't really understand how the last hour works or worked and we saw two examples in the premier division last year of where the last hour was was not calculated correctly, um, I know one was involved in Ealing, I don't know whether it was seen to, to, to affect the, the result of the game, but it came up at the AGM that um, you know when, when Premier League sides are struggling with the last hour, with the umpires there, then perhaps w- we need to think about whether other people might be in it. it, it could be better doing it another way, so it's gone, and so that means that um, there'll be a standard uh, time to finish the game, and You'll have to get a set number of overs in, and you'll go on whichever of those two is is later, which is I think generally going to be um, the, the the number of overs in the day. But there's only two things to think about there: not the last hour as well, where you have to have a requisite number of overs. So, uh, so yeah, that that's gone. Um, any thoughts on that one, Sally? Will you be reminiscing about the, lo- the loss of the last hour?
0: I was saying, I found unfair, wasn't it? It's gone from twenty over to eighteen over, sort of diminished in number of overs the last hour normally constitutes. So it's almost like you know. You know, like you said, who's, who's really going to miss it? As long as we get the you know, in that are entitled to be played in the day itself, then I don't think it's much of an issue. And there's as an umpire, I guess about, another there's another thing to worry about.
1: Yeah. I
0: did think umpires have to be on the money with it. And
1: if umpires aren't on the money with it, then there's the queue carnage because you could quickly get captains who are not overrunning the umpire, but I have had the odd situation where the umpire really wasn't totally sure and was taking a lot of advice from a captain who happened to be me. Um... <laughs> Obviously, I was right, as I was saying, but, um, but I'm not sure that's ideal. So, um, so yeah, I'm a bit disappointed, but at the same time, totally get it. Totally get it. Um, talking of umpires, Sal, we, we've had more discussions about umpire points. Um, and th- this is another one, I think, that clubs might need, need to make sure they've understood what the new rules and regulations are. And um, do, do you want to talk to us about this one, Sal? I know you weren't at the meeting, but as an umpire, this is something that you'll be aware of. It's about accreditation of umpires in second-11 cricket, right?
0: Yeah, so just the process that you go through is, um, you know, you, you'll attend your courses or doing you know, stage one or stage two, and then you'll start your umpiring duties for your clubs, um, whichever level it might be, and then you'll have to go through um, a process where you're observed by uh, someone who's your mentor, or, or it could be um, also somebody's like a person asked to come and observe you, and then that person will, will write a report on your, on your on what they've seen and what they think, ask some questions as well. And then you have to also send off your log of games that you've completed. And then that sort of helps in finishing your accreditation process. Once that's all submitted and gone through, you receive official credit accreditation. Now, from what I gather, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the bonus system is linked to clubs having umpires who have gone through that process. And if they are, um, if they have, and they are linked to your or signed official umpires for your club, then you can claim the points, can't you, for the That's right. bonus points of the season, is that correct? Yeah, it's only four across
1: the season, but, you know, if you go yeah, down by one then the four, the four could make a big difference. Um, and you get you get that for having um, an accredited umpire standing in a set number of games. Now, you can have 10 different accredited umpires, doesn't, it doesn't have to be the same one, um, but they've got to not just have, have been through the process, they have to have been accredited as umpires. So it's, it's the same system as last year, but it's been tightened up. Because I think it was quite a lot of admin for for various... I know... Keir Hopley was involved a bit, Nick Brown was involved a bit, so Clubs need to make sure that they've got, got the individuals in place who fit that criteria if they want to put themselves in a position to claim some of those those bonus points. And I know at Twickenham we, we we only had three of the four bonus points in our twos last year, which I mean our twos got relegated, not because of that, but um, but it was one thing we were, we were quite worried about and we took quite a long time to get up to speed with it so I'd suggest that folks have a good think about it now in February if you're not quite sure where, where you stand
0: um, How did North London fare with it last year? Year, so that you, have yeah, you got we've got bob Pederson at our club who's he's, oh, yeah. he's the umpire umpire guru here. so um yeah, yeah he was on top of the situation from day one so we, we, we got bird, bob thought, yeah he'd be fine uh, bob's all over that kind of stuff mate he, he revels in that kind of situation yeah. um just to say obviously the year before was the covid season so again you know not many umpires really had enough games to get the experience in and maybe observers weren't around as much as well so there may be a raft of accredited umpires coming through this season who have gone through last season like myself. So there could be a lot more clubs now who can actually try and um, claim the points this season in terms of the system that was set up last year. Yep, sounds good to me. I mean, I think the key
1: thing for me is always that just because a blokes or, or a lady's done umpire for 50 years doesn't mean they're accredited. And the league are, are not trying to push those individuals out, but they are trying to just, is professionalise the right word. I'm not sure it is the right word, but ju- just trying to make sure that those folks who do take on what's a significant role in the game. I've got a little bit of background in it. So if you're unsure, if your clubs, uh, if you fit the bill, then um, get in touch with the league or simply look, look around all the documents on the website. And I'm sure you'll, you'll be a little bit wiser after doing that. The last thing I picked up, and I don't really want to say much about this, but because I find it very confusing, to be honest, is that once again, the ECB in their infinite wisdom are fiddling around with classifications of players about who qualifies as an England player. I mean, surely it's basically anyone born in South Africa isn't it? I just, yeah, you'd it. like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you guys got to up your game. We need more batsmen, man. Come on, sort it out. <laughs> Is this because of the recent Ashes series, Dan, that you, you mentioned in uh, this? Yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see KP's ruled him out, ruled himself out. That's a shame, isn't it? He's ruled know, himself but out. Who
2: asked, who asked him, Dan? That's what I want to know.
1: Well, I've ruled myself out as well, just to be clear. you know. And I, Are you still in use or are you out? No, no, no. I'm I'm going for the Pope roll instead. Yeah, yeah you got more chance, mate.
2: <laughs>
1: no, but, but I think the ECB, in their infinite wisdom, they're, they're playing a bit playing around with his qualifications. I know Portsmouth is very unhappy about this because it makes his life very complicated. Um, and so, to the extent where he's not accepting any new player registrations at the moment. So um, when, when we do get closer to the season, we know exactly where we stand and people don't end up in the wrong category. So, so keep an eye on who registers as a, as a particular type of player, whether you're a resident player, a non-resident player uh, and whatnot. And I think the key issue is people who've been here a set amount of time and what they need to do to qualify as a resident player. Now, those rules definitely have changed and you have to be here for a 12 month period up to I think it's last April. So, um, so so that that might take a little bit of getting your head round, But if you have to be here for a set number of days in that 12 month period, uh, Paul Smith will tell folks. So, it, you know, in due course, you'll get your emails, but it does make life a bit, bit more confusing than it needs to be, I think. So keep an eye on um, on that one. I don't think anything else from the AGM, folks. So I was, I'm thinking we're getting to the stage where we start to hear a little bit about who we're playing in Cups. Now, Sal, you've been following this a little bit. The national draws out, right? There's a, there's a fair few Middlesex teams
0: involved. any that caught your eye? Any draws that have been made? Any ties that look tantalising? So this season, um, the ECB, to be more inclusive, obviously, with things that have taken place in the last, what, a few months, which have been in, 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 in the spotlight and, and made headlines, which are for the wrong reasons they try to be more inclusive with extended extensive cup competition. So um, they offer the the opportunity for clubs who have not entered the national before to enter this season. And we've had some clubs who want to sort of take advantage of that or put themselves forward. So following ties are uh, scheduled to start, um, I think in May, um, Brentwood will be playing Harrow Town. So tough game for Harrow Town. It? Um, yeah. it is indeed, They're yeah, Playing against Brentwood, who are a very strong side, we spoke about them in the past, in which he will travel to another Essex side called Hadley and Fundersley. Do you know much about um, them? Tell? I don't know much about them. They're also, I think, they're in the prem in Essex. I think so. They they've got some really oh, decent playing. side. Uh, another all Essex, Essex ties going to be Hornchurch um, at home to Finchley, and then North Mid will be hosting Saffron Walden, who play in the East Anglian Premier League. So these are all from Group fourteen. Um, they sound of fixtures, mate. To me, they do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's also one of them ones. The availability he plays a massive issue, he doesn't it, earlier on in the season? So what kind of sides are we? All these teams put out on the pitch itself could be an important sort of factor in who, who goes through um we've got um bush um holsten it's that you guys play preseason quite often more than wanderers so you might want to get on the phone to bush guys giving some ideas of who to look out for maybe um stan Moore at home to uh, burke Hampstead who play in hertfordshire that would be a nice little local game for them um, I think Stanwell should be too strong in that one to, so should be looking to go through um, we've entered this year North London we've entered this year the we've got a lovely plum away trip to Wanstead who won the national I think three years ago um, oh, best year. <laughs> yeah consistently up in the top two in the Essex Premier League have got a raft of Essex players playing for them normally or i have got a great production line for young players coming through so thanks to who did the draw for that one giving us that one um, and we've got Crouchen hosting the side who'll be landing on on into their ground um by which form of transport I do not know called the Martians. Um tell me more, so The Martians. What what on earth is this about? I mean I get the whole point about being more inclusive but you know, sort of going off to another planet and <laughs> <you know, fighting laughs> teams over. and mean that's, that's, that's a bit You're playing are You, you know what I mean? Like, you know yeah. great work from E C B and trying to make contact with someone from another planet. and mean ask them to come back cricket over here. Um so yeah I've done a bit digging on on them guys. Um they play in a league which is sponsored by a company called the Freedom Circle, and it's called the London Sports League. Um, I think it's based in Essex. They played the a cricket on a Saturday. They came third last year in their league. Only six sides in their league, so I'm not sure how the depth of the actual league itself. Really? Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking they're not going to be much of a challenge for Crouch End, but you never know. As I said, if you're called the Martians, there must be something special about you. Anything could happen with a name like that. They, they, you know, Goodness knows what to expect. Great name. Great yeah. name. I mean, we had the Ultimate Warriors last year, and this year we've got the Martians. So, you know, who's next next year? That's what we're waiting to see.
1: I've been intrigued to know what the Martians are expecting with Crouch End, because, um, yeah, Crouch End ain't bad. Um, you know,
0: I, I hope they realise they're going to be turning up and playing a side that have got a bit of pedigree. I mean, I'm sure they'll do their research nowadays. You can find anything on anyone, can't you, effectively? So... Um, and what I don't get really is I mean one this thing obviously an inclusive part is a fantastic idea but how they've extended to a side that don't really play not Premier League cricket for instance in and maybe an ECB league for instance in terms of you know we've got the other have got Surrey, Essex Hertfordshire I've never heard of the league you know obviously you know I know quite a bit about my, my sort of club cricket leagues and I'm not heard You've of this heard at it all, LRF,
1: sure we've not so
0: um yeah you know I'm not sure how they've made it but obviously good luck to them um if it's at home, I might pop over and have a look at the game as well, see, we see what these guys look like and you know what kind of they've brought over, <laughs> All and... the legs they've
1: got, yeah, that sort of stuff. Seventeen. Yeah. I mean,
0: they're in a, as I said, there's there's a 6 division side. One the other side is called London Desperados. So, um, there's a few interesting sort of teams in their league as well. So, listen, good luck to them, and yeah, absolutely, I'm sure they have a great, they'll have a great day out and have, and have a good time at Crouch End.
1: I have to say, though, um, I mean, you know, we joke about them. I do wish them well. You know, I hope they turn up and put put a good account of themselves in there. But this is the ECB's idea about inclusivity, is it? You invite sort of pretty, you know, pretty left field people to go and, in theory, get a bit of a dick in somewhere, right? I mean, is that that inclusivity, is it? Is that that what it means?
0: Yeah, look, you know, it's something I'm sure that we could talk about. And I don't know how they've come to the decision about... um, allow them to play. I mean, you know, if they fit the remit of what they've asked for, then fair enough. Um, but again, you know, if you're looking at a side that's, you know, we know the sides on a Saturday who play league cricket, what they're about. I've not heard this league before. not heard this team before. Um, they're playing the sixth division league or division, sorry, so it's a six-side division. So not a huge amount of depth in the competition even by the looks of it. So, you know, as I said, there's only one way you're going to find out it's on the day itself when they, when they turn up and play. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, although it is now the biggest banana skin in the history of club cricket ever for Crouch on Boreham
0: Wood and Bournemouth, Dan, isn't
1: it? it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Boreham Wood obviously beat Bournemouth this evening. We we're recording on Sunday evening. So anything is
0: possible. Kitty nearly beat West Ham yesterday as well, which would have been a good one. Exactly. Yeah. Just to add, there are some of these sides who've been given buys, um, I'm assuming, I'm not seeing the full draw itself, um, I'm assuming Ealing have been given a buy. Talented, I I imagine, Richmond. Maybe one or two more of the of the Premier Division sides who had sort of quite a good records in the past have been put through to the next round. Yeah.
1: To be fair as well, not all the Premier Division sides enter. So I can think of one no. and you can as well. Um, and at that that's another point, isn't it? That Sunday cricket it is, as we all know, ever more of a challenge. And and even relatively big clubs like ours, we we can't put a side out on a Sunday that that mirrors our our first seven. We we can put or perhaps we could do for a couple of rounds. But then we'll we'll turn up to to one stood away or whatever we we with you know after third team a few of the fours and a few blokes don't even know, uh, and and for that reason we we sort of have had to take a step back from the national um, and and I guess other clubs might see it differently but um, but Sunday cricket to us is always a bit of a struggle, is that fair, Yuge? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, it's um yeah I mean you know historically we struggle to get sides out um. Uh, on a Sunday, besides the, the friendly 11 that we can put out. I mean, we could put that out into the national if we like, but it would be the Martians versus Crouch End, I suspect. Yeah. So, you know, um, from our perspective, it's just been realistic in the amount of cricket we want to play with all the cups and competitions that we're in. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, the national, as much as it is a high priority for a lot of sides, um, you know, may, maybe in years to come, we might enter it. But but for this year, I think it's one that we're going to pass. Yep.
0: That's I all. think also we've, we've, sorry to interrupt, Eugene, Pre-season is quite a big thing now, isn't it, for most clubs? now? So you've got games starting mid, 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 mid-April, mid sorry. so you're looking at a season that extends into September. Um, you've got to sort of pick and choose your battles, have not you, really, when it comes to your cricket, I suppose, if you've got family and other commitments. And, you know, we spoke off here about this. I think pre-season nowadays is, is probably quite big for most clubs. You know, you want to get your, your prepping against good teams and get good games in and get guys batting and bowling, you know, time at the crease and get the overs in. Um, so do you sort of sacrifice playing a good side in April and playing the Cup or do you just think okay let's focus on getting good prep and the league and obviously is the, is the bread and butter for everyone really isn't it I suppose
1: Yeah no, I think both of those angles can work, I mean for, for us we, we, we all start on um, the 16th of April I think it is this year so we're right in the middle of April with our annual freezer match against Acton when it's always absolutely arctic, you know every year it's freezing but it's an important part of our our pre-season schedule and, and the, still the sundiness of the league, of the national knockout doesn't, doesn't quite fit with that so well. But, I mean, each to their own. I mean, I marvel at clubs who manage to get, you know, their, their full first team out for 10 Sundays a season because we just, we just can't do I think one of the point is that sides who are on the way up, sides who are moving through the divisions, they may be in a slightly different position. Um, and certainly, back in the early two thousands, we were in that position, and we definitely were a much stronger cup side than, than we than we are now. And part of that was, I think, because we were we, the, the whole club was going going up and seeing the opportunity to beat sides who were two divisions above us. And, and of course, that doesn't really apply anymore. So, so maybe if if, if you're sort of in in that position, then the, the cup
0: has a bit more charm about it. And, and fair play, I, I totally get it. Um,
1: yeah,
0: we're, we're, we're you know. We're, you know, we've got a tough draw, but we'll, we'll take a strong side over to Wanstead. And, you know, Wanstead will be strong. You know, they're, they're, they're a side that is sort of similar to Ealing in many regards in terms of they will have sides that replicate Saturday's team almost every Sunday in, in the games they play. So, that's going to be a tough game for us. But we have the the, um, the added bonus of if we win that, we could play the Martians the next round. So, hey, that'd be great. That's our character. It's an away game. So,
1: can't you. mean for a place on the rocket. <laughs> yeah. I'll come and have a look
0: yeah. I'll bring the family yeah. <laughs> well, and Elon Musk can, well, he can, he can provide the yeah, family liking, I hope. Yeah. all good,
1: all good. Um, talking of cups um, liaised with Bob Baxter about the, the various cups that are in existence here in Middlesex and um, with a couple of them I think the draws are going to be published on the website Later this week. Uh, By that, I mean the Middlesex T20. I know Bob's been thinking about this with Rajnath. And I know that they the first round of matches will be Monday, the 2nd of May. That's what um, what what Bob's looking at. And again, there'll be four teams playing at one venue. And then one of those teams will go on to the um, to the second round, which will be Sunday, the 5th of June. And there's a few clubs that have got buys to that. Um, Bob will advise on all of this or Bob will advise it will be on the website in in due course so keep an eye out for that I know that plans are afoot in terms of the Middlesex Cup um, the trophy draw is still a work in progress Um, I I know that but again I think it's going to be out pretty quickly but the uh, Middlesex Cup draw um, is is out there and and I believe I can even read it out Shall shall I go through it would that make sense I don't know if, yeah, club, go for it, mate. Yeah, if clubs will know that this draw already. I don't think it's publicly available, but we've had the, the all clear to talk about it. Um, so, first up, we've got Winchmore Hill against Hornsey, um, which strikes me as quite an interesting one. Second game, Ealing will play Wembley. Um, Enfield will play Crouch End. North London will play North Middlesex. Nice local derby for you there, Sal. Um, Stanmore will play Bromsbury. Uh Harrison Marys will play Finchley, Acton will play Teddington, and Richmond will play Twickenham. So we haven't got far to go um in that first round of the Middlesex Cup. So we've got sixteen sides there, um, and that's um yeah, that that's where we where we are for the for the cup. The trophy will involve all the sides that are not involved in, in the Middlesex Cup. So keep an eye out. Um, for more details on that First
0: thoughts on that um, Sal what you, Is that a good draw For you guys? Well it's home draw It's local Which is uh, good. That's, yes. that's, that's good uh, and, I mean you know North Mid have a have lot, lots of Commitments so You know we may catch Them on a day where They're not as strong As normal um, And maybe sneak through with a, with a win But yeah again It's good to test yourself against good sides And they don't get Much harder Or easier than um, North Mid do they really so yeah, that's going to that's, that's be even a, if they've got
1: four or five of their players away w- with Middlesex or elsewhere, they're going to be good, aren't they? They've got a very yeah, strong... they've
0: got some good, they've got some good young lads coming through, and they've got a good sort of senior players that are in the club. So you know, and we, had, we played Joel Hughes last year in the third eleven with a dodgy ankle. So you know, yeah. ho- hopefully his ankle is dodgy, dodgy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. noticing that so there's obviously a couple of sides in the prem not taking part in the competition. Is that correct? I don't see Hampstead in the draw, so I'm assuming that they're not taking part this season. You know I I think that's a pretty big assumption for Hamster to not be in it. I, I, I am not sure, but um I've been told that that's the draw. Um and also Bush are not down as well. So I mean I mean we're only going by what we've got in front of us, haven't we? So yeah. Yeah, that's that's what that's what we can see. Well um, that's, that's what I, and I was
1: told explicitly. That that draw is fine, but the other two are are, are not quite with us. Um, what I would say is, um, it the draw uh, will be put on the Middlesex County Cricket League website um, this week. Have a good look at that one. That will be the former one, not whatever what we say on this pod is just for just for us really. Um, but look at that again uh, when it comes out, just to make sure you are where you know you are. One last thing that I wanted to throw in, folks, uh, and you may have seen this on the County League website. The league has a new
2: sponsor, and that, that has to be good news. Um, Yus, did you pick up on this? I did. Um, I specifically saw that they're giving away stumps that are going to be branded Excellent. with AJ Sports. Yeah, so longtime sponsor for the Surrey division, um, you know, across the, the pond and or across the river. Um, so, yeah, um, it's nice to have them on board. Um, I think we've had a, a year, a two year buy from a sponsorship point of view. Um, so it's great to have the uh, Middlesex County Cricket League back having a, a title sponsor, which would be great. I think it's a three-year deal. Um So yeah, you know, I, I think it'll be good. Maybe we should try and get them on, you know, uh, get them onto the pod, have a chat with them, see what their ambitions are, and and obviously see what's going on from that perspective. But yeah, it's, um, it's good that the, the 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 County League now has a title sponsor again.
1: I think that's worth underlining. It's not the easiest thing in the world to get a title sponsor. You know, perhaps, perhaps it was in years gone by. I remember Shepherds Neem played a big role when, just as I was moved to the county 20 odd years ago. But um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that that's a good effort. The, the guys in, in who run the league have, uh, have played a good hand there. So, so great to have a sponsor on board. Um, obviously strongly encourage people to support the sponsors as and when they can. And, um, and no doubt we'll be hearing more as the season uh, progresses. Anything else,
0: folks? What else do we need to know? Anything you want to th- fling in? Just to add on that sponsorship deal, um, they, they, they've, they've got branches in Surrey or in that, that part it's of the... They've got the a shop, someday,
1: Clapham, maybe? Is there an AJ Sports? They've got there? one
0: in Clapham and one in Kingston and they actually opened up in Harrow. So that's obviously, I'm assuming, the link to why they've got involved with the league this season in the next two years. So um, they're the shop, they're opening in Harrow. So I'm sure if anyone's looking to get their cricket needs taken care of, they'll be happy to look after them when the shop opens up. Cool.
1: Sounds good to me. Um, so hot off the press. I've just just 100% confirmed that Middlesex County League draw just to make sure that we have got it right. And it is right. Bob Baxter has, has confirmed that, uh, for example, um, neither Hampstead or Shepherds Bush are in it. They haven't entered this year. So if anyone was wondering why their names weren't mentioned, it's not a Dan have cock up, which it could have been. Um, but it, it's not. So the draw is as we read out. Look out for full details on the County League website.
2: Right. yoush anything else from your from your side? I suppose just one thing we're going to be doing a couple of, we're making a, a small amendment to the pod this year. Uh, you guys don't even know this. So this is uh, oh, this is we're brand understand. new hot off the fresh. Yeah. Um, we're going to be integrating with a, a new piece of technology called speak which is going to a speak pipe, which is going to allow our listeners to send in um, voice notes and ask questions and have opinions and, so effectively, we'll be is snipping this that this, in.
1: Is this the way forward? Are you sure? Well,
2: it's it's interaction and inclusivity, Dan. So you know we're we're all, all in. Yeah, all so yeah, from our perspective, look out for that. There'll be a link um, that I'll put on the uh, on either the Twitter and the Instagram pages. So yeah, throw throw us a couple of questions. I know that you guys have been typing and texting questions into us and emailing, but how about getting your voice on the pod? So yeah, you know, record a, a short message or a, a nice um, monologue as to. The way Dan cocked up the draw, um, and and we'll oh, didn't. Know, that's a case, <laughs> it, you know. he Absolutely. was worried. I'll
1: get, I'll grind it out. But no, no, no. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: look, look out for that. Look out for that. We'll, we'll hopefully get somebody on or we'll a couple of questions in for the next one that we record in a couple of weeks' time. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. And we do we do intend to be
1: a little bit more regular now that the season is not too far away. Um, so any ideas for the pod, we're we're open to them. We're, we're certainly thinking of talking a bit bit broadly about um, uh, race and, and diversity and some of the problems that English cricket has experienced over the winter. But we're going to do that. Um, I think in a in a few weeks' time, we'll we'll, we'll flag that up as and when um, we're ready to roll. So good, good. Well, have a good evening, folks. Um, and we'll no doubt liaise again sometime soon